Welcome to Mediation Today, a program brought to you by Vesnatsa Tichanin, a Canberra lawyer and mediator. Every episode introduces an experienced Australian mediator to talk about mediation training, development, ethics and practice. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the ACT land, the Ngunnawal people. Good morning, dear listeners. Today's guest in our series of radio programs about all things mediation is Deborah Parker. Good morning, Deborah, and welcome to Mediation Today. Good morning, Vesna. It's my pleasure to be here. I would like to start with introducing you to our listeners. Deborah is the director of family law practice in her legal firm, Parker Calls Curtis in Canberra. Deborah is an award-winning family lawyer in Canberra. She has been recognized as preeminent in family law in the ACT and the leading lawyer in mediation in the ACT by the Doyle's National Lawyer's Guide and is a finalist in the Lawyer's Weekly Partner of the Year in the categories of family law and mediation for 2021. What I can say is just good luck for the finals, Deborah. Thank you so much, Vesna. Deborah began practicing in family law over 30 years ago and quickly became recognized as a leader in the field. Deborah became the first female partner of a large Canberra firm at a very young age and gained an excellent professional reputation. This was recognized by her appointments to the ACT Law Society Family Law Committee and the Professional Indemnity Insurance Committee. She is an accredited specialist in both family law and dispute resolution. Deborah was a pioneer in commencing dialogue with women's refugees in Canberra, and she has worked closely with the Domestic Violence Crisis Service. Deborah is the only family law accredited specialist in the ACT, who is also accredited in dispute resolution from the Law Society of New South Wales, and who is also accredited in collaboration. Deborah is currently the chair of the Law Society of the ACT Alternative Dispute Resolution Committee and serves on the International Family Lawyers Committee. She is also a member of the Resolution Institute and the Australian Institute of Family Law Arbitrators and Mediators. Deborah is an accredited collaborative settlements lawyer and regularly helps clients achieve settlements out of court. Deborah, you have over 20 years experience in mediation. Could you tell us about how and why did you decide to become qualified mediator, please? Well, Vesna, when I was practicing law in the 90s, mediation was was virtually non-existent. Litigation was the flavor of the month and bitter fighting in court was the expectation and I was. I became the only female partner of a law firm with eleven other male partners, and I, I started to think to myself that perhaps there must be a different way. So I, I, you know, reflecting on it, I don't really know why I started to think that way. Perhaps it was because I was bringing a different perspective to the firm because I was a woman. I'm not. I'm not sure. But mediation really did inspire me. I became qualified in 1996 by doing a course uh, at Bond University with John Wade. And 
I brought that back to practice in Canberra and I was specialising in family law. Of course, the Family Law Act in, in 1976 was revolutionary social reform and part of the Family Law Act has always been to encourage dispute resolution either in parenting disputes or property disputes. So with that foundation with my family law work and with the inspiration that I, I got from doing that early mediation course in the 90s, I started to try to incorporate mediation as part of my practice. And then obviously when in 2008 the mediation industry became a little bit more formalized, you've even progressed further in your practice and you expanded in that. Yes, well in, in 2008, I, by that time I was a registrar at the Family Court and Federal Circuit Court, so I was actually helping people to mediate their disputes as well as sitting in court and and trying to help parties and lawyers develop a, a sensible case management pathway. So yes, certainly by 2008, mediation was being much more universally adopted and I think by that time in Australia just about every jurisdiction in Australia was incorporating a compulsory mediation model in litigation for the courts. I, I, I mean, I'm not disparaging our court system. I think our court system is, is the bedrock of our legal system. We must have our court system in Australia. I would never say that otherwise. Uh, but to, to give people an, an alternative pathway where they can retain more control over the outcome, you know, I think mediation has, has lots of advantages, many advantages for mm. Before we move on to talking about courts and everything, and I promise we will, tell me about uh, about your time with your family, young family then, I understand, in France. You spent five years in France. Why? Well, I, I spent five years in France because my partner was posted to France. Ah. <laughs> so we decided this was a fabulous opportunity for the family. So I left family law. I left my career behind in Canberra and moved with my, my husband to, to Paris. At that time, I had two little children and I had another child in Paris. I devoted myself to my really to my kids, which was a terrific time. I also really admired the European way of valuing a mother's role in the home. And um, I contrasted that with the expectation in Australia on young women that we could be super, super mums and do it all. We could have a fantastic career and at the same time, we could raise, you know, children who, who were perfect. And I really got into the the kind of enjoyment and the responsibility of, of raising my children to be, you know, the best young people that they could be. And I did notice that difference, Vesna, mm. um, in, sure Europe, in the European yeah. culture between yeah. the, the emphasis on if you don't work in Europe... Uh, and you're a mum, and the emphasis in Australia, if you don't work, and mm. you're a young mum. Uh, it, it's yeah. almost a philosophical difference. There is so much to say about that. But what was the return to Australia like? How did you find your feet again? Well, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that it, it was easy. I mean, I had 
got to the point in France where I could speak French relatively comfortably. We were living in the suburbs. My children were settled in very good schools. It's a long way from Paris back to Canberra. And when I got back home, I thought, well, I'm going to settle my kids back into school, make sure they're all doing fine. And then I started to think about my career again. I noticed this ad in the newspaper quite accidentally for a registrar position at the family court. It was just staring at me on a table one day when I was cleaning up old newspapers and I thought, oh, I think I might like to go for that. But I think being a woman and having been out of the workforce for a few years, I thought I'm never going to get it. Then decided to be brave and I threw my hat in the ring and to my astonishment, I did actually succeed in getting that position. So in the middle of 2005, I was appointed as a registrar of both the Family Court and the Federal Circuit Court of Australia, and I absolutely loved that position. My guest in mediation today is a lawyer and mediator from Canberra, Deborah Parker. In terms of your professional engagements, Deborah, you told us that uh, it is important for you, or it was important for you, to be appointed to the role of the Registrar of the Family Court and the Federal Circuit Court in 2005. Only a few days ago, the Family Court, as we've known it, ceased to exist. Please tell us about your thoughts in this respect. Well, thank you, Vesna. I was a registrar in the Canberra Registry for 10 years, from 2005 to 2015. In 2015, I I went back to family law practice. In that 10 years, the Family Court and the Federal Circuit Court was not a combined court as it is now. Only from a few days ago, it became the Family Court and Federal Circuit Court of Australia, one court. But in the time when I was there in that 10 years, they were two courts. Uh, I was a, a hybrid in Canberra, a dual appointment to both courts. So I could go between the judges of, of the two courts. I know that nationally... There was a lot of movement for reform. There were many pilots being tried by both of the courts to try to improve efficiency for litigants. And nationally, you you tended to be either a registrar of the family court or a registrar Mm, of the federal federal court and, and not both. So, you know, common sense would tell you that when you're not pulling together as one team, things can sometimes not go as best as they as they could so the attorney general's department in consultation with the courts looked at reform and that reform was finally enacted uh, only a few days ago on 1st of september the two courts were merged into one court and became the family court and federal circuit court of australia and i'm really looking forward to this new era to being able to work in the one system with the one set of court rules with you know uniform practices adopted both across mm. both of the courts. Deborah, tell us how are these changes going to impact the family law system in the country? As you would be aware, they have been views criticizing the move. Of course, you know, we recognize the benefits that come from unifying the two courts, but tell us in practice, what do you think 
how will the family law, both clients and practitioners, benefit? Well, there's no, the, the reforms are going to enable the, the new court the, from 1st September, the combined court, to have a commitment, an enormous commitment, to safe and focused dispute resolution uh, as a genuine alternative to trial. And I think that's going to be a major advantage to, to litigants. Um, who find the whole court process so stressful. There is there is so much emotional energy between people who are going before a judge in relation to their family court case that is just unavoidable. And I used to see that all the time when I was a registrar. I think giving people that alternative to safe and focused dispute resolution with a team of trained DR experts is, is going to be of great benefit to parties. The, the other emphasis is going to be that there's a strong focus on transparency in relation to costs, lawyers' costs, court costs, and lawyers and the parties are going to be obliged to regularly keep the other party informed of what costs they have been incurring to date mm-hmm. and what the anticipated costs will be to trial. And and that costs awareness, I think, is very sensible because it enables lawyers and their clients to do a costs, to constantly do a costs benefit analysis with their clients so they can work out, you know, whether it really is worth, mm. you know, spending many yeah. thousands of dollars. So I think they're the, they're the two big, they're the two really big changes. The other, the other fantastic change as far as I'm concerned is that we're going to get one set of rules. We're not going to have two different sets of rules, some of which apply in the family court, some of which apply in the old federal circuit court, uh, some of which apply in both. Lawyers are going to have one set of rules and I also think that, you know, litigants are going to find that easier to manage too because, you know, Mm. for example, in Canberra we have a very articulate population who are going to be able to download the set of rules if they want to themselves instead Mm. of not knowing which rules actually apply. So I think that's another really Mm. um, excellent initiative. So pretty much efficiency in terms of processes and transparency in terms of costs are the key benefits that the public can expect. Uh, Will there be a transitional period or has it started or did it happen? Tell us about that a little bit. And will family practitioners of any type, both lawyers and mediators in the first instance, need to significantly adapt their practices? Well, we will have to adapt our practices. There's, there are new forms to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of transition, there's a grace period of, I believe it's 90 days for using old forms uh, in matters that were already started and, that's from, and, and on foot. Mm-hmm. And that's from um, the 1st of September, is it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that there will be significant um, opportunities for parties to look at these alternative dispute ways of, of resolving their matters and to try to keep more control over over the outcome because you know statistically the statistics show that that if you've if parties have mediated an out an outcome that they're both reasonably content with and the statistics show that that parties who are able to do that between themselves are a much greater likelihood of those outcomes being complied with in the future 
whereas the statistics show that if cases go to court and decisions are imposed on people who remain bitter and unhappy and you know not willing to comply that there can be greater contravention of of court orders so i think these opportunities are going to be terrific the courts um employed at least another 40 registrars nationally in the last month or so there was a long recruitment process only recently announced so there are going to be some very very talented people available in the system to assist you know parties to come come to a resolution mm-hmm. i mean i don't i don't want to mislead everyone vesna because the vast majority of cases in the family law process even before this reform settled outside of the court process i mean the statistics are that there are about there are at least 100,000 new court proceedings that are started every year in our family law courts in Australia. And Mm. and of those, around about one-fifth or 20,000 need judicial determination of some sort or other. But the vast majority of the cases do end up upsettling, even even at the the door of the court on the day of the trial, but, but sometimes much earlier than that. So, you know, 90 to 95% of cases settle before having to have a trial. Mm. And, mm. And, and that was the case before the introduction of the reforms. Uh, and I think these reforms will improve those statistics even more so mm. that cases can be settled much earlier before there is a lot of money spent on lawyers and before there have been a lot of what is necessarily negative and often quite destructive material filed. That's why, you know, early intervention of dispute resolution is really imperative in the family law space. It's interesting. It's a hot topic, this unification of the two courts. Uh, and we've heard a bit about that. Maybe we can also look back in, in, in those few months how it is starting to be implemented. But for the end, could you tell us what your second choice of song is? Yes, my second choice of song is Gurumu Yunipingu's song, trans, very transcendental song called We Are Thal. Um, and I've chosen that because I want to acknowledge and respect the Indigenous community in Australia, which as part of my studies in dispute resolution, I read about their practices and, you know, their culture here for many thousands of years has adopted uh, elder intervention and culture-orientated dispute resolution practice. Um, I really admire that. And this piece of music from Gurumul Yunapingu I find very, um, very beautiful and very reflective. Um, Thank you so much. What a beautiful way to finish this extraordinary and fantastic interview. Thank you so much again, dear listeners. This was Deborah Parker. Thank you, Deborah, for being my guest. I will be with you again next Monday at the same time. Goodbye. Mira